Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. All the buzz in New England, all about who will take the first snap in practice. We're talking practice, not a game, practice in New England. Good morning, everybody. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn with Bart Scott, Sam Acho with you this morning. And Bill Belichick was just speaking moments ago with the media uh, before the, the Patriots take the field for their second joint practice with the Giants. And uh, he did say, did confirm that Cam Newton will be back with the team, as I'm getting more and more alerts, with the team at practice today. When he was asked if Mac Jones reps yesterday will affect his workload today, Belichick said all quarterbacks will get reps today. But everybody watching now to see if Mac Jones gets him first or if Cam gets them first, and of course how much work each guy gets. You heard from all the different people we have talked to today. Mike Reese, our reporter who's there on the scene, who's been covering that team, uh, and he's there on a daily basis. Everything that he's seen and what he told you he saw yesterday, how well Mac Jones played in practice against, again, against the Giants. The fact that Bill Belichick, as he mentioned, put out his hand off from a little high five after one particular two-minute drill. You heard Dan Olofsky talk about the numbers and the completions and just how difficult that is to do, especially against an opposing team, not your defense, but an opposing team as well. And Bart, earlier in the show, we asked you to power rank yes. the expectations of the rookies that were drafted, the first-round guys yeah. that were drafted, who will start. And we're giving you Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence because they were taking one yeah. and two, respectively. So, number three, you had Justin Fields. Do you want to amend that after hearing everything you've heard today? No. Um, everybody else that had an opinion outside of myself is dead wrong, and I'm always right. So, and, you know, just ask me. I'll tell You're you. You're that guy. But, <laughs> but no, no, not at all. I, I think it's still going to be Justin Fields because I think that the Patriots has a much better team, and they're going to still be in the running. So Cam is going to still have them in contention where I think the Bears are going to see it slipping away. They're going to start losing hope. Remember, Nagy and Pace are really coaching Remember, they job. already named Andy Dalton they, the week yeah. one starter. Man, 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 you man, think man, they're going to flip-flop again before that, week one? That is written in pencil, not pen. Right. And, and at some point, listen, I, I don't think either one of them starts the season, but I think the first one off the bench is going to be Fields because I think Andy Dalton's going to be that bad. And I think that the team is going to be moving and you want to try and inject some energy into your team. You're going to feel like the season's losing because, you know, you got to keep pace with Green Bay. So automatically you already know if you're Chicago that you're competing for a wild card. So, like, you can't start losing games, especially NFC games. Right. Because they cost, you know, they're, they're for as far as the, the tiebreakers, they, they pay more weight. And anything else. So I think that Justin Fields is going to be the first one off the bench because Andy Dalton and the Bears are going to start to see the season slip away. Pace and Nagy are, are really, you know, this is a pivotal year for them because if they didn't ha get um, Justin Fields, they would be unemployed, I believe, already. Sam, how, how does Bill Belichick play this in your mind? If, if you were in that situation, if you were there, what would you be watching for to see how he plays this, not only just going into this preseason game, but going into week one? Yeah, well, I think Bill Belichick is going to do what he said all along. He's going to let the competition play out, but he's going to trust his gut. And so far, I think everything that he's seen has seen a phenomenal Mac Jones. He's also seen a phenomenal Cam Newton. And I think, what, you know, someone said it earlier, like what we saw from uh, – Shefty said it. Mm -hmm. What we saw from Mac Jones these last three, four days is the same thing we've been seeing from Mac Jones the last three or four months. And so, like, let's just let that be known. It's nothing different. The opportunity came – 
Maybe he showed himself a little bit better, but Cam is still uh, Cam, and Cam's going to get back out there and practice today, and he's going to continue to compete. And so the way I see it, Cam Newton is going to start the season for New England. Mac Jones is a great option as well, but he didn't he, he, he's not going to be given the job. And just because Cam Newton missed a couple days of practice doesn't mean we all forgot about what Cam did all offseason and in the preseason. You don't, you don't think there's anything that, that, that Mac Jones could have done yesterday to make Bill Belichick think to himself, you know what, maybe he is ready. No, Bill Or even this weekend. It's no, Bill, yeah, Well, yeah, well, not even that. Like, cause you could, I, I get like having good practices, especially when they're a joint practice, right? Joint practice is different because you're competing against somebody else. So I get that. Um, but, but Bill Belichick is not a guy who's like, oh, wow, did you see what Mac Jones just did? He's been seeing that. And, and Cam may have done the same thing if Cam was available. We don't know that. So now that Cam is back, Cam, like Cam, Cam should have been ousted. If we just want to be real, like the Patriots drafted Mac Jones, first-round pick, 15th overall. He fits the mold. Everyone's talking about, man, it feels right, all these things. Cam should have been ousted already, yet Cam has consistently elevated his play at every step of the game. So do you think that him missing three practices is going to all of a sudden oust him? No. Cam's, Cam, Cam has elevated his play, as has Mac. This is the best of both worlds, but three days of missed practices isn't going to uh, uh, give – it's not going to change Bill Belichick's mind. It might change everybody on the outside's mind. It might change the media's mind. It might change the reporter's mind. But it's not going to change the main decision But I don't think mind. this is about – and again, like, and I'm only just listening to what I'm, I've been hearing, those who are there. It's not that – Cam Newton didn't do enough or lost the job because he wasn't there. It's, as Reese said, getting back to playing the way they want to play, which was when Brady was there. And they feel like, do they feel like, That's I should say, funny. do they feel like Mac Jones has more of that style than Cam does? And do they just get to it right away? They open against the Dolphins. They then play the Jets. You know, like the, if yeah. you're going to start a rookie, that For that's sure. not a bad place to begin. But, yeah, but there's a the difference. Dolphins and that defense. Yeah, Dolphins are nice. <laughs> come on. There's a difference. There's a difference between hearing from people who were there and watching versus people who make the decisions. Like Mark Slareth, right? He was there at every single practice for the Broncos, as were you know fans and everybody. And we see the deep passes. I can do the whistle sound. The, the deep one. passes, the pretty water pass, the Drew Locks. But what we don't see is, and I love the example, Teddy Bridgewater, after a messed up play, all of a sudden he'll go straight to his receiver and say, hey, let's do this, let's do this, let's do that, based off of experience, whereas Drew Locke will go to the coach. I saw it, like, this is what I love about Trevor Lawrence. Like, there was a play in their last preseason game. They got smoked, we all know. But there was a play where one of the receivers didn't, didn't get lined up right and had to call timeout. And, and Trevor Lawrence called timeout, and he starts to walk to the sideline, frustrated, right? Frustrated, you know, a little bit because we messed up this play. And instead of just – a lot of people in quarterbacks, too, will, will, will just go to the sideline, oh, that dude made the mistake, and coach is going to get on whatever. But Trevor Lawrence started going there, then he stopped. He stopped, and he went back to his receiver, pat him on the head, some, some, said probably something to the sense of, like, hey, we got this. Like, that's leadership. Like, people don't understand, like, there are certain attributes that people have based off of experience that will benefit not just you but the entire team. And so, yes, we can all go and watch practice, and we can all do those things. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, no matter how much talk is said, Bill Belichick is the one making the decision. And Bill Belichick has seen what all that we've seen, but he's also uh, strong in his convictions. He's not swayed because of a, a, a good practice. 
It's a practice. I mean, listen, Bill and, you know, Vic Bangio, they understand the why, not just the what. A lot of times the fans see the what. They see what happened. They see the big play. They don't know, like, man, that the ball shouldn't have went there. Like, he got away with one and against good teams, that will hurt our team. And that's exactly what we're trying to avoid. Teddy Bridgewater, the ball goes where it's supposed to go. The offense moves on schedule. He's doing what he's taught to do. And he's come, He's overcoming the X and O's at some point. But at some point, you got to stay within the structure of the offense. You know, Cam Newton, you see Cam Newton, Cam Newton, fighting. He's standing in that pocket. He's making sure that he stays with the play because I think this year he understands he has a great offensive line and he can stand in the pocket and be a little bit more patient. Last year that wasn't the case as a lot of people opted out. Cam Newton took a lot of punishment. So I think that, listen, he's going to get the benefit of the doubt. Like you, you, you talk about known commodities. Cam Newton is a known commodity. You know what, he's, what he is and what he isn't. Mac Jones, we're trying to figure that out. And I think that Bill Belichick and that team is starting to figure out what they can get away with. But if you start a guy, and listen, we all remember, like you, everybody, you're a Jet fan, right? I play for the Jets. You know, I'm sure you watch. Um, it came, became a point Sam Darnold's rookie year where he just came in and he was like he's tired. And he didn't have a really specific injury. Now you're going to add another game to a schedule with a young quarterback that mentally and physical, physically has been through the toughest period of his career. The rookie year is the longest year because you go straight from college, you go straight to learning and, and going back and trying to prepare for the combine, going to these quarterback schools. By the time you get to week 10, you're fried. Can you imagine him being getting a week 10 and having to start week one? That's a lot of pressure to put on a young quarterback. It's better to bring him along physically and mentally slow and allow him to surprise the league and oppose to the league saying, oh, by the bye week, we got him figured out. We break down the game plan. This is how they use him. This is how they can't do him. Like, he can still come in and be the hero later in the season. Starting the season, that's a lot to ask. 17-game season, they get in the playoffs. You're talking about 25 games. This is the longest game, the longest season he's probably ever had. was probably 11 games. That's double, more than double what he's used to doing. His body's going to break down. And I'll tell you what, again, for, for, I said this earlier, for the Patriots, it's still win-win because what they're learning in this training camp is mm-hmm. maybe they did find their quarterback in the future, which is something that you wondered once Tom Brady left, where were they going to go from here? Regardless of whether he starts or not, it seems like they found their guy. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide. You can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, no contract, all in America's, America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, 5G cable device required, actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's bring in uh, a former NFL quarterback oh, and an MVP, right he's of a, he's course. He's a G. He's a G. Rich Gannon. Well, G, yes. Rich Gannon joining right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Bring him right into this conversation on the Patriots and where they go from here. Rich, what, what do you believe would be for the Patriots and Bill Belichick would be the right move for them to do with Mac Jones seemingly, by everybody there watching, pushing Cam Newton for the starting spot. Guys, I think it's a good situation. I mean, I, you know, you, you want to bring the quarterback along. You want to do it the right way. I think the worst thing we can do with these young quarterbacks is throw them out there before they're ready. And the thing that people miss on a lot is that you say, well, he looks good in the preseason. And, you know, you, you talk to Bart, you talk to Sam. These guys know. I mean, preseason football is so much different than the regular season. I mean, you've got – you're going up against young players. You're going up against rookie and first-year players that uh, don't have a ton of experience. You're seeing a handful of fronts and a handful of coverages. So, you know, you're not getting all the crazy exotic pressures and overloads and, and really tough combination coverages that you would see during the regular season. So that's the first thing. And then the other thing I would throw out is it's not just whether the young quarterback is ready to play. Is the team around him ready to support a young quarterback? Do we have a good offensive line? Can we run the football? Can we play good defense? Are we good in the kicking game? 
I mean, you know, you look at what Joe Flacco went to Baltimore. He was in a situation where he didn't have to carry the football team. You know, you had great players on defense, Hall of Fame players on defense. You had a good offensive line. You had a team that was committed to running the football. That's not always the situation. I think the situation in New England is something that's it's similar. Matt Jones doesn't have to come in there and throw the ball 40 times every week for the Patriots to be competitive and win. Uh, if, you know, if, if things aren't working with Cam, I mean, I think they can make the switch to, to Mac. I just don't know how it's – obviously the time away is going to help a guy like Mac to get more reps. But, you know, you look at these situations with Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, you got to ask yourself, who, who is best prepared to play week one? And I'm not so sure – um, any of them are, but my guess is Matt Jones would probably be near the top of that list. Finally, somebody here that's reasonable. I mean, yeah, thank, Rich, you thank, should have seen both of these so guys much. as you were talking. They were both just doing like a lot of hand gestures, saying like "thank you," someone who finally gets it. So just understand that they were enjoying. All that it took response. was a, was an NFL MVP to come yeah. out here and yeah. speak some truth. <laughs> like when, when I talk about Rich being a G, like and being a leader and what leadership looks like. Right, you know, Rich, do you want to share with them the story about you coming in and snatching all the uh, PS3s out of the game room, telling everybody that they're not good enough to play video games? Video games are for winners. Well, you know, my my first couple of years, as you guys know, in Oakland, it was really hard, man. I, I'd come from an organization in Kansas City with Marty Schottenheimer, Derek Thomas, Neil Smith. I mean, Marcus Allen, you know, Tony Gonzalez. We 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 had a really good veteran team that was really disciplined, to- total professionals. And I go to the Raiders, and it was just a really dysfunctional group. I mean, you know, it was just that there was so much turnover, and, and the players, and not all of them, but but enough of them didn't really love it. You know what I mean? Guys that didn't really love it. And, and it was kind of like a playground of sorts, and guys would come out late to practice. And we were in a quarterback meeting room with John Gruden getting ready for a Tennessee Titans Thursday night game on a short, quick turnaround. It would have been a pivotal game for us to make the playoffs my first year there in 99. And there's a group of about 10 guys, mostly defensive players, a couple offensive players out in what was known as the players' lounge. They had a pool table in there, that ping pong. They had the shooting hoops. They had some playstations. And guys are in there going crazy. It's like after practice, we're watching film. We're trying to get ready on a short week. And John Gruden steps out of the meeting room, and he says, would you guys shut the F up? He goes, we're trying to work in here. So the room got real quiet. And, you know, we still were, go back to our meeting. And, like, literally, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, three minutes later, it was like, it was like Animal House next door. It just it, – the, the, the volume and the, and the party just amped right back up. And I was like, man, these guys don't even respect the head coach. Hmm. So, we go down to Tennessee. We play the Titans. It was a really good Titans team. Javon Kurz, I mean, great defense. Eddie George, uh, Steve McNair. And we, we lose a nail-biter at the end of the game. We get back on the plane. I'm, I'm – I'm furious. I go back into the facility the next morning at 6 a.m. I clean out that freaking game room, man. I took all the I took all the pool balls, the basketball <laughs> place. I stuck it all above my locker, and everyone was walking around at the facility the next day. Hey, what happened in the game? What I, said, I don't know. I don't know. So about a week or two later, some of the equipment guys were cleaning in the in the in the uh, the locker room, and they found it. And they came to me, and just, I said, "Hey, don't say a word. Just leave that stuff back up there." But then, you know, several months later, it leaked out, and of course, it was a story. But you know, guys, you know, you walk into the NFL, it's not supposed to be like a, you know, playground. I, I tell young players, you know, you go to IBM, you work all day. You go to a Fortune 500 company, you're going to work all day. This is work. This is, you're, you're a professional athlete. You get paid a lot of money. And it's a great privilege. And I think it's important for young players to realize that. Now, speaking of John Gruden, is he on the hot seat? <laughs> what are you hearing about, about John Gruden, right? It's, it's crazy, right, that you know, he's back with the Raiders. 
you know, you know, he hasn't exceeded expectations. And now it seems like maybe, you know, uh, the Chargers have passed them. It looks like maybe, like, Denver has passed them. And it looked like they may be the fourth best team in that division. That's not what they gave him $100 million for. Do you think he's on a hot seat? I, I don't know about the hot seat, guys, only from a standpoint that he got a lot of money. He's, yeah. get, he's got $100 million guaranteed over 10 years. I, I can't imagine the owner would ever cut ties with him. But, look, three straight seasons where they haven't had a winning winning record that's concerning uh the play of the defense last couple of years guys is is sickening i mean they 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 have been a 28th 30th 32nd ranked defense i mean scoring defense awful they don't take the ball away they don't, they, they were i think they had the third fewest sacks a year ago so so to me the focus is on the defense now he went out and hired gus bradley who's a good coordinator he's a really good teacher and communicator, and they've made some changes on that side of the ball. They've gone out and get uh, Yannick Ngakwe is really going to help to pair with Max Crosby. I think where they, they've got a chance to be better is along the defensive line. I mean, we went out and signed Solomon Thomas. They signed Darius Phylon. Gerald McCoy, if he can ever get back to playing like he did a couple years ago, he can be a difference maker up front. I think the big challenge for them is if they can get five or six guys that they can roll through there, get a little bit more pressure off the edge. They went out and signed Casey Hayward on the back end. Uh, they drafted Tre- Trevon uh, Merrick in, in the second round, a good safety out of TCU. Um, this Nate Hobbs kid, the fifth-round pick, uh, is going to be a, out of Illinois, the corner. He's going to be a good player. So I, I think they, if they can get better defensively, they've had success against the Chiefs, but this is going to be a pivotal year for them. And I think it really boils down to what can they do defensively. They've got plenty of firepower and talent on the offensive side of the ball with Josh Jacobs and obviously Darren Waller, a couple of good young receivers. I just think the key is going to be how much better can they be defensively in year four. Rich Gannon joining us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Just with that in mind and staying there uh, with the Raiders, can't stay in Oakland. We can go to Vegas right now. Something that Ke- Keyshawn said uh, last week that made us run to the stat sheet to find out if he was right. He said Derek Carr and Matthew Stafford. <laughs> he said they're the same player. That's what he said. Derek Carr. Matthew Stafford, same player. We looked it up, and it's amazing. Their numbers are almost identical. When you put together first, was it first seven seasons? You put those together, and they're they're pretty much identical. So you see, obviously, they add Matthew Stafford to the Rams, and and what they can be. Is Derek Carr that that guy that you think is is just the same? Like we don't talk about them the same way, though. But their numbers are pretty much the same. Which one's better? Well, the the numbers are similar. Um... And when you look at that, you got to take into consideration these guys play from behind a lot. I mean, Matthew Stafford, I mean, you look at some of the fourth-quarter comebacks and say, why does he have so many fourth-quarter comebacks? Because they're behind in every game they play. I mean, you know, they don't run the ball. Their defense has been awful there in Detroit for years. And, you know, they, they just, the offensive line hasn't been very good. So, you know, he's always behind in late in games. And I think that's been a similar situation with Carr. So, they put up big numbers. Uh, the thing that's concerning for both, and let's just be honest here, is the win-loss record. I mean, that, that's how you judge in this league as a quarterback. Carr's got a losing record as a starting quarterback. Uh, and that's really been the difference. I mean, you know, you got to find a way to get your team to the finish line. And that's how you judge in this business. You know, how, how, how good are you when it, when it matters the most? I, I just think this is a big year for Carr. He knows it. Um, you know, he's, 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 his numbers have been steady, uh, but yet the win-loss record is what is what bothers you. I think the guy that's going to have the big year is, is Stafford. I just think that he had a really tough go of it in Detroit. And look, you could put John Elway in Detroit, you could put Peyton Manning into Detroit. It, it would be hard. You know, what I mean, it's just an organization that, that hasn't had 
a lot of luck with coaches, play callers, leadership, general managers, play selection. But you go to you go to you know you go to the Rams. Sean McVay guys is one of the best play callers in the business, and I think they've got a good offensive line. Something Stafford didn't have uh, in Detroit. They just they just traded for Sony Michelle, who's a really good back. He's got good hands. He's a good screen runner. I mean, you know they, they're going to be they're going to be pretty good. And they got the number one defense in football a year ago, number one scoring defense. If you're Matthew Stafford, you should be doing cartwheels around that stadium out there. I think it's a great situation. Finally, an opportunity for Stafford uh, to, to, to play some postseason football. Rich, well, I, I, I just want to say I appreciate you, man. I used to love watching you play as I was younger. I don't want to age you. Um, but, man, like I, <laughs> I just to, did. I know. I used to love watching you play. Uh, and then just to hear, I mean, Bart was telling me off, you know, offline to some of the stories and the way the type of leader you are, like that means a lot. And so uh, for me, I don't have a question. I just want to say thank you for being who you are. Well, Sam, thanks for the work that you do. Uh, you've been a real difference maker, Bart. I mean, you guys, honestly, are great players, but uh, I, I, I really focus on what you guys have done away from the game. And I just tip my hat to both of you. And Alan, you, you, you're with a good crew there, man. You got some good guys to work alongside and uh, just – just really, you know, we think about the NFL and we think about these great players, but we got great people as well. And, and you got two of them right, right there alongside you doing the show this morning. No, it's good. They, they give you great effort. The problem is two-minute drill. I need to get out of bounds sometimes because we're under the gun. <laughs> and, I mean, they're always trying to get that extra Can't yard and we're losing time, right? The, the clock just starts ticking on me and we have to run to the break. But, but Nobody still, said we were perfect. Always, always fun to work with these guys and always great you to get the, the perspective, best. too, of, of thanks MVP. Thanks for having me on. You know, Rich, thanks so much. All the best to you. You guys have a great day. Thanks. Okay, Rich Gannon again, an MVP. And, yes, he agreed with you guys. I mean, how you handle your so, 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 but you take it. I see, get but, it. But you yeah. see, I bet you're Orlowski and everybody else will take it from him. Yeah. Why don't you believe me when a defensive player says it? We know a lot about yeah. offense. We have to break down. I told you guys, I am an expert in horrible quarterback. I've seen him. <laughs> I played with so many of them. I had a front row seat. So, listen, I, I understand oh, what I'm talking man. about. The whole argument I have about – you know, Matthew Stafford and, you know, going and playing for a dysfunctional organization, an organization that can't surround you with talent or doesn't, don't know how to properly build a team. He's going to be – he's my sneaky pick for MVP. But you guys believe it because Rich Gannon said it. You don't believe the old Bart Scott undrafted free agent. I just love the story about him just tearing up the – But that's what leaders do. Yes. Like, yo, yo, yeah. like, like, yo, like, pool is for love winners. That. And he made, like, he, made a, he made a really great point at the end. And we talked – talking about Matthew Stafford and talking about just kind of like the struggle and even the win-loss record like Matthew Stafford has been through a, t- a lot like he's a phenomenal quarterback but he's been in bad, organiza- in bad organization so this is the, then the piece about the leadership too like off the field like players are people too yeah. you know what I mean that's the thing I think about too like I, I wrote a book on this I wrote a book let the world see you how to be real in a world full of what's fakes. the name of that book let the world see you no you look getting right into that camera you're one shot you're one cam you tell the people or, what the name of that damn book is or we could I wrote a book. It's called <laughs> Let the World See You, How to Be Real in a World and Full of Fakes. Yes. But it does talk about that off-the-field piece that so many people don't get a chance to see. And, like, so with Rich Gannon talking about, man, how hard it is to actually be a leader or a winner, it's like, man, there's so much stuff that no one knows about what that happens, like, in between the lines that's and also outside so the lines. Great. We love when they it's share. It's huge. Like, that's what you want. There's no doubt about that. All right, what we want is to hear from you. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. It is on Amazon. We'll tell you what KJZ Nation has to say about who should start a quarterback for the Patriots. Everybody else has chimed in. Your turn as well. And that's after I tell you about Straight Talk Wireless. 5G's here, but the big carriers want you to sign a pricey long-term contract to get in on the action. Well, not anymore. 
Because Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide. With plans starting at just $35 a month with no contract, and get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, all on America's best networks. 5G coverage, 5G phones, less money. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Breaking ball hit high in the air. Deep center field, back on a Grisham at the wall, and it's gone! A.J. Pollock powers the Dodgers back into the lead. A two-run, 16th inning blast, number 16 on the season. It's the Dodgers 5 and the Padres 3. That one went deep into the night. The Padres, the, the, the Padres, yes, yeah, sure. The Dodgers outlast the Padres in 16 innings. 5-3, A.J. Pollock's two-run home run in the top of the 16th inning was the difference as the Dodgers beat the Padres in the longest game of the season. The Dodgers initially took a 3-1 lead in the top of the 15th, but Fernando Tatis Jr. homered in the bottom half of the inning to tie the score at three. Padres went nine consecutive hitless innings before Tatis hit a home run in the 15th. Meanwhile, the Orioles win a game. 10-6 over the Angels, but the story is they snap a 19-game losing streak. They had to do it rallying from down 6-2. They also were down 6-4 when pitcher Shohei Otani left the game. A bases-loaded walk in the eighth. Two of them gave the Orioles the lead for good. Otani, by the way, was mortal in this game. He allowed three home runs while on the mound and struck out three times at the plate. Baltimore, two losses shy of the American League record for the longest losing streak set in 1988 by the Orioles. They started 0-21 that season. To basketball, Imani Bates, the number three recruit, ESPN's top 100, committed to play for Memphis. He will join Penny Hardaway's program in the upcoming season after he reclassified. 
He appeared in the Memphis Student Directory early Wednesday afternoon. Last day to enroll, fall semester, today. 6'9", small forward from Michigan. He originally committed to Michigan State last summer before reopening his recruitment in April. Sports Center brought to you by Indeed. Is hiring becoming your second job? Quit the hassle and get on Indeed. You'll find great candidates fast with instant match. Just sponsor a post and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn, Bart Scott, Sam Acho in with you today. And on the Twitter feed, Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin at KeyJNZ, we asked the question, who should be the Patriots' week one starter at quarterback? And the results are in, almost 3,000 votes, and it was close. 50.7%. Who would you guess won the vote? Cam. 55. Oh, Cam. 55%. Correct. 50.7%. went James Earl Jones for a second. <laughs> he went Johnny Gill. Barry, Barry White. <laughs> Mac Jones at 49.3. So that, that, that so the, those listening and watching believe it will be Cam. But fans certainly in New England were excited about yeah. Mac Jones. Listen to me meanwhile, and Rich Gannon. Don't be listening to Dan Orlowski. Me too. All right. Well, meanwhile, we, meanwhile, there's a story developing, not just – we talked about this yesterday. This is developing in Buffalo, but really it's a league-wide story. Um, as yesterday, as we were talking about with COVID protocols, with vaccine protocols in the NFL, you're seeing like this difference between players uh, who are vaccinated and who are not and the different rules for them. Enter Isaiah McKenzie, a wide receiver in Buffalo right now, yes. who posted on his Twitter this morning a letter that he got from the NFL. And the letter points out that on August 25th, at approximately 2.15 p.m., while walking through the indoor field house and into the training room, you failed to wear a mask. Bart, they're watching, aren't they? They're always watching. Then, at approximately 4.35 p.m. on August 25th, for several minutes, you again failed to wear a mask in the meeting area of the weight room while gathered near other players after the offensive meeting. It goes on to say in this letter that, again, Isaiah, Isaiah McKenzie is the one who posted this. So he wants the world to see it. The, the NFL tells him, your refusal, keyword, to wear a mask occurred after you were informed that it was required for unvaccinated players as set forth in your 2021 club discipline schedule, blah, blah, blah. Your refusal to wear a mask also occurred shortly after a league staff gave a presentation on that day. Oh, wow. Regarding the NFL, NFLPA COVID-19 protocols, including the mask-wearing requirement and that unvaccinated players are subject to fines and discipline for refusal to wear a mask. So with that in mind, he also lets us know on his Twitter that he had just got fined over $14,000 for this. Kind of detrimental. That's the, first, that's the base price right In there. the letter, it also points out to him, for players who are not fully vaccinated against COVID-19 like you, your conduct is expressly prohibited by the protocols. Again, your conduct potentially compromised not only your safety, but also the safety of others, as well as the league's ability to ensure that your club's training camp is conducted in a safe manner. Now, Cole Beasley, teammate, fellow yep. wide receiver, retweeted this 
And, you know, he has been outspoken about not being vaccinated and why he believes that he should have that choice. He said, don't worry, they got me too. But I was wearing a mask when I was in close contact with fully vaccinated trainer who tested positive and still got sent home. So what's the point of the mask anyways? Meanwhile, I'm still here testing negative and can't come back. Make it make sense. Now, guys, we played this yesterday. Worth bringing back Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys on 105.3, the fan in Dallas, his weekly spot. He talked about the his thoughts about players that are unvaccinated and the pressure that he seems to put on players, not just about your personal choice, but what it is to be a teammate. Everyone has a right to make their own decisions regarding their health and their body. Uh, I believe in that completely. Until your decision as to yourself impacts negatively many others, then the common good takes over. And I'm arm-waving here, but uh, that has everything to do with the way I look at our team, the Cowboys, or the way I look at our society. We have got to check eye at the door and go forward with we. Uh, you Dallas Cowboys are doing that. So, Sam, I'm going to go to you because, obviously, your work with the, uh, with the Players Union, being a vice president. First and foremost, your reaction to the letter to Isaiah McKenzie and what it was said to him in that letter that he decided to share, go public with it, and, of course, Cole Beasley's thoughts, too, before we even get to what Jerry Jones said. Yeah, for sure. Well, when I see the letter, and I just saw it just before we got on, words matter. Right. So think about it. We all, you know, you know, business degree, all the things like you take law classes, you get it. Words matter. So that word refusal, someone might hear that word and say, he's one out here saying, I'm not wearing a mask. No, refusal. All that word means is that it, 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 it means that for whatever reason, the mask, whether it was below your nose, whatever, it wasn't on. And so we will enforce this rule. Right. So the NFL, like even the guy who wrote the letter, that Larry, guy, like I know Larry, like we I negotiated with them, you know, in collective bargaining agreement. Right. He's a lawyer. Like, lawyers will go by the law. And so if you're an unvaccinated player and the rule and the law is you got to wear your mask, you got to wear your mask. Like, there's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. I wouldn't see this as so much of, like, a scare tactic per se. The the fact of the matter is if a player decides not to get get the vaccine and there are rules in place, then follow those rules. But that's more than just the vaccine. That's for any rule, right? There's, you know, Bart said it best, conduct detrimental to the team, right? Some teams have rules where, hey, if you're late by one minute, $15,000 fine. If you lose your playbook, $15,000 $15,000 fine. So, like, this is just under that same umbrella. The thing I do wish – well, I guess it's not even I – I guess the fact of the matter is that, like Jerry Jones said, we're not getting there yet, but everybody has a choice. And so if you're going to choose as a player not to get the vaccine, then follow, follow whatever rules are in place, right? And if you don't follow those rules, do understand that the NFL will fine you to the max that they can. They are making – but if you do follow the rules, then you won't get fined. Yeah, and they, they made it clear in that letter, we mean business. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's what that letter said yeah. to me. We're not joking around. Yes. There's no leniency here. Yes, and the, and the NFL is not – no. trust me, like leniency is not even in the conversation when it comes to the NFL and fines of any kind, anything that the NFL is trying to imply. But what I will say is this. That is not a reason for fear for any players, right? Because the NFL so often will try and do well, these like fear tactics, whatever. No, nah, dude, just wear your mask. Simple as that. They're gonna, it, just know they're going to enforce it. But, mm-hmm. but it should be fear for Isaiah McKenzie because you have to understand. They're making an example out of him. Yeah, I know they did it to Beasley, but Beasley's spot on a team is secure. 
Like now, Ooh. I think. Listen, it's bad because now he's he's been a distraction, right? He's been a distraction. Now he he decides to take it one further by making it a conversation on the show like this, which is going to make it a bigger conversation. Other, he's places. the one that went public I, now. Right, the that's league what, didn't. That's what I'm saying. He shouldn't have did that because now they say, oh, he's trying to be cool. No. Like the league made him enforce. The league made the Buffalo Bills enforce this because if we just did a presentation there. Yeah. What happens is, and the problem with McKenzie is the fact that this is his fourth year. He's a fifth round draft pick. He wasn't drafted by the Buffalo Bills, and he's been a distraction. Right, production breeds tolerance. He doesn't have enough productivity to be creating a distraction. So we'll make an example out of you and find you. So just like the preseason, like when they enforce all these rules and taunting, they can make an example out of him. Message sent to the other guys. If you aren't Josh Allen, yeah. if you aren't one of the better players in the league, yes. trust me, we're going to enforce this rule and we're going to get you out of there. So Bart, you're right on that 99.99%, right? Um, I feel a butt. The only issue is that I, I, and I played in Buffalo. I was in Buffalo in 2019. How many damn teams did you play for? I, I played on 14. I played on 14. <laughs> okay, 14, 14, 14, 14. Okay. But it just happens those teams, we always talk about those teams. How to read your Tampa Bay, okay, Tampa Bay, Buffalo. But the fact of the matter, like Isaiah McKenzie like, is that dude. Like, he's that dude. People in Buffalo know it. Like, people who are, like, hardcore Bills fans. Like, he's that dude. And then, what, a special team player? A special teams. That little, like, gadget guy. Like, well, even the last preseason game, I was like, ooh, that dude is special, he got special. 270 yards receiving. In four years, you know, he barely got 1,000 yards or anything. Anybody, like, Buffalo Bills and AFC, people playing the AFC, they know. Isaiah Mc, they're not cutting Like, people, like, there are people who will be made an example of. Now, if we can, get to the Jerry Jones example, right? Mm-hmm. Jerry Jones, he's like, make your own decision. Too late, we got to wrap it up. Goes no, 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 exactly. no, it's important right. to get your response to this yeah. if you could. Yeah, so um, Bart Scott said it best. Production is what counts. If, you're, if one of your star players is, is un, let's say, unvaccinated, D-Hop, they're not going to cut D-Hop because he's unvaccinated. No, it's but but if you if you don't produce – Quick story, Bruce Arians, because he said he had a tweet that came out. Can we tell a story when we get back? Sure, we do have time when we get back. Absolutely, tell a story. You no, know, because it's, it's it's certainly something that we do want to make sure we explain properly. Because Jerry Jones did take the time to talk about it, but this is a very interesting story out of Buffalo right now. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, brought to you by Capital One with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, and an app that lets you bank anytime, anywhere. Choosing Capital One is like the easiest decision in the history of decisions. That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply, Capital One NA, member FDIC. So we have Call Roulette coming up, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. More from Sam on what Jerry Jones had to say, and this from Bart about Goodyear. Every move we make pushes us forward, whether it's on a track, the court, or the field. Movement is how we make our impression on the world. It's a part of who we are. And when we pursue it with everything we've got, it shows us who we'll become. Every move we make, every road we choose to go down, every mile marker we pass takes us to a new place and shows the world just how far we can go. Good year. More driven. I need some tires. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Michael is in Queens. Michael, what's up, man? And as far as key goes and the diva, key, you're so diva, it's more like Kiva should be your new name. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Nah. I, I didn't pass my test until they took my scholarship. I'm KJZ, like, oh, ESPN Radio. Alan Hahn, Bart Scott, Sam Acho. And as we were just talking about before, as a story out of Buffalo with Isaiah McKenzie revealing with a letter that he got from the NFL as they caught him not wearing a mask around the facility twice on the same day that they actually did a presentation <laughs> on why you should be wearing a mask around the facility, especially unvaccinated players, which he clearly, by revealing this, is not. Um, and then we heard from Jerry Jones yesterday. We played it again just in the previous segment. Jerry Jones just hinting to the idea of wanting players to be vaccinated because you made a commitment to your team. And Sam, again, you as somebody that is uh, that's worked with the Players Union, that is vice president of the NFLPA, I just want to get your thoughts on an owner of the NFL saying something like that, the idea of, you know, well, you're a teammate, what you owe to your team, while players want to call it a personal uh, decision. John Mara also has spoken out about how he wishes this could be a mandate where everybody's got to have it, but he knows that you can't do it that way. From the player's perspective, is Jerry Jones wrong to put something like that out there that would seem like it's a bit of pressure on players? Yeah, well, the thing about Jerry Jones is – Five-star players get five-star treatment. Let's just say it that way. So if you're a five-star player, if you're a Dak Prescott or a uh, you know Michael Gallup who's in that category, right? If you're a CD, like if you're, you're you're not going to get cut because of uh, uh, you didn't wear your mask or whatever like that. Now, if you're a younger player who hasn't proven anything, it don't matter what you do, whether it's max mask or no matter whatever you do, um, teams will find a reason to cut you. Yeah. And so I have no issue with what Jerry Jones said because. Uh, Jerry Jones, yeah, it's a, he's a, he's, he, it's, it's business. He's going to say what he wants to say, but he's not a typical own, owner. Jerry Jones is is more of a GM. I want to kind of I'll, I'll do what's best for my team, but at the same time, I'm trying to win a championship. So whoever's going to help me win, that's what I want out there. But if this comes close to a de- determining factor, is what we're kind of yes. talking about. This can be a con- determining factor for two guys that they have to make a decision on because at the end of the day, this is about business. And if you know you have a player that's not that good, get somebody else sick. And then, then it's going to be like, well, he's not worth the risk. So right. get vaccinated. But, but anything can be, right? So, like, real quick. Yeah, of like, course. It's, like, when, when I was in uh, – Bruce Arians is the head coach. There's a story where uh, a guy parked in the wrong parking spot and B.A. cut him. Yeah. Right? Straight up. <laughs> like, make, I was there. It's to make an example. Make, there was a time where B.A. – like, we, the, the rule is don't get close to the quarterback, right? Don't Carson Palmer was our quarterback, 2013, right? Don't get close to the quarterback. Don't get close. All of a sudden, a younger outside linebacker or defensive tackle, whatever, rushing – gets close to the quarterback, the next day he was – actually, he was going to cut him, and B.A. said, hey, let's keep him. Or, sorry, the, the player said, hey, let's keep him. And so, anyways, I guess make this point to say, if you're a good player in the NFL, they'll find a way to keep you, versus if you're a bad one, they'll find a way to cut you, whether it's about a vaccine or staying in a broad parking spot or around a quarterback. You don't want to be now, a Bruce, distraction. You know, speaking of which, Bruce Arians was talking about – when talking about protocols. He's setting up his own rules – 
which which this is another story, not another step to it. Now this is after Ryan Suckup uh, tested positive after we had dinner with some Titans players and they had their issues. Mike Vrabel obviously tested positive, and, and he's saying for us life is not normal. Uh, we're pretty much under the same protocols. And we're going to be under the same from last year because that's the way it is, especially living here. So here, he's Florida. saying that like guys want the guys think they're going out. No, well, well his, his team rule. So so ba ba. BA's team rule, Bruce Aaron Phillips. He said families at the hotel, that's out too. Yeah, so so he doesn't care if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. You stay at the team hotel when we travel. That's his rule. And the thing is, because he made that rule and because he's a championship coach, a Super Bowl winning coach, They'll follow it. everyone's going to follow it. He literally it. said this, there are league rules and then there's my rules. We ain't going nowhere. We're the same as last year. I don't give a crap if they're vaccinated or not. They ain't going no anywhere. So he's setting that yeah. rule of he's when in we're Florida. Our, he's Alan. He's in Florida. And? Like that's the wild, wild west, man. They out there. Like you talk about, you know, everywhere you go, people aren't following the, the, the rules, right? You know, people are but, aren't going to get vaccinated. So you have to understand where he is. It has to be the same for places like Texas and potentially Florida, where you look at the outbreaks are higher. You you put your those teams are at a greater risk than it's place like New York, where more more uh, the population is vaccinated. Yeah, but I think what you're saying, though, is you're telling the players, yeah. and this is, again, that bit of pressure. We're trying to win a championship. We want to make sure that we don't have any of these issues. So I'm going to implement this. You're going to do this for the team. You're not going out. That's a long season that you're telling players not going out. But those who stay will be champions. Up? Those who stay will be champions. If you want that ring back-to-back, you'll do whatever you have to do. The thing is, he got street cred. Now, try to pull that in Jacksonville. Like, yeah, right. I'm out. Peace. I'm at, <laughs> I'm at the strip club at, at lunchtime. Holla at your boy. Sweet uh, lemon wing, pepper wing. Lou, what's up? That would be Atlanta. I'm on my way. That would be the Falcons. That would be Yeah, I'm flying up to that. Atlanta on my, body, on, my, on my off day, Tuesday. Oh, it would be interesting to see just how this stuff holds up throughout the season. But – uh you want to get real crazy? Mac Jones walked out on the practice field with Josh McDaniels. How much do we read into that? The conspiracies continue. Josh is telling him, man, England. put a good day together, man. Let's go. First quarterback out on the field. I know. People are getting sick of this. He's playing his part. He We're knows not. how to play his part. Oh, no. We love this. Every minute of it. That's my quarterback. Speaking of wings, I'm going to get some wings. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.